0: Okay, episode 42, we are going to have a solid one. I know it. I feel it. Why? Because I have Helen Guo Schoolyard Snacks. I've got Jenna Gorum Gorham Consulting. Hello.
1: Hey, Mark. Hey, hey Mark.
0: Helen, we get right into this. We're talking schoolyard snacks. I think it was cereal school before. Give us the starting point. How did you get started? Who was it with?
1: Yeah, my partner Dylan and I started schoolyard snacks. um, We officially launched March of last year, so March of 2019. Um, we started as Cereal School and rebranded to Schoolyard Snacks this year in June when we launched our uh, new product line of uh, Keto Cheese Puffs.
0: So when you started, I'm assuming your main focus was you had a Cereal Innovation, and then as you were growing, you realized, oh, okay, we have something here, and you added a second line, so that's where the transition occurred?
1: We actually started. We, we didn't think that big starting off, to be honest. Uh, we started. We we're just thinking, oh, we'll sell cereal. But then our customers started asking us for like all these other snacks, and we're like, wow, we're really growing, you know, beyond our name. So we have to rebrand. So that's how it happened.
0: Uh, I like the rebrand. I think it's really cool. If you haven't checked it out, check it out, folks. Um, When you were starting, was it originally set for what it is right now, even a year later, as a direct-to-consumer brand directly through your website? And and do you have a little bit on Amazon or is it solely through the website?
1: Yeah, we're almost 95-plus percent direct-to-consumer on our site. Um, We started direct-to-consumer because we've been bootstrapping our business and wanted to start – you know, scrappy and lean. So we honestly didn't have a choice. We couldn't just go into retail or anything like that. And um, my skill set just with our skill sets, it made sense because I'm just a digital marketer. So uh, made sense for us to start online and we love it. So
0: let's talk about skill set. For those that know nothing about Helen, uh, what was your background and how did that help you get into what you're doing right now, along with, of course, your co-founder?
1: yeah actually, I probably should have said my my skill set because I was in college before with my partner. We went to Georgetown together, and that 's where we met and so we just learned everything by doing along the way, starting uh, schoolyard snacks so uh, no no real background, I will say, but uh, a lot of hustle and grind, so uh, yeah, just kind of found our skill set i guess
0: I like that so hustle and grind you 're using some really key words here which i which I enjoy. When you two were discussing the start of this and you discovered uh, cereal, was it because you felt there was a void in that particular category? What was your approach to that?
1: Yeah, we we honestly entered as sort of consumers ourselves. We The two of us after college started um, really cutting carbs and sugars from our own diets. And that's when we were like, wow, we really miss a lot of these, you know, sugary snacks that we were eating in college. And one of the big ones that we both loved was cereal. And it sort of started there. You know, we went to try to buy a cereal without all the carbs and sugar and, and didn't find anything. We went to the grocery stores, so started there. And then when we did more digging, we are like, wow, seriously, nobody has come up with something like this? Well, let's do it.
0: I like that. Uh, so you discover sort of the void and, and I always like that approach when it's sort of for yourself. Um, I, I often tell people that's how you can really drive the business, right? You're, you're sort of self-serving to, to start, but at least there's a little bit of a passion play there to get this thing going. Um, let's move uh, into when you're launching. For someone like yourself and your, and your co-founder, I'm assuming, again, you didn't really know who you were going to approach as far as a co-packer. You, know, you came in and you said you were starting to learn all these things, digital marketing and the, and the sort, but, but how did you go and approach that?
1: Yeah, uh, looking for a co-packer was definitely the toughest challenge, you know, from pre-day one. And uh, honestly, we just we got a ton of rejections. Everyone said no. We we went we called up probably a few hundred co-packers. We we didn't even know what we were looking for. We had no experience in the industry. We didn't know what to ask. Uh, we just hit everyone up. Everyone was like, "You guys are a joke. You guys don't know have any experience. No, goodbye." And we eventually, after several months, found one small co-packer that was like, if you pay me, I'll let you yes. run my machines for four hours. Um, so honestly, it was just, we just got one person to say yes, and we were really lucky. Got it. So when,
0: when that one person did allow you to do that, it's kind of, they call it the line time. There's a fee for that. Uh, and it's a big fee oftentimes, and you're trying to calculate, well, how do they come up with that? But, uh, it's all good. Um, everybody's got their business and that's how you have to respect that. Um, once you got that going and played around, I'm assuming there's a little R and D on the iterations. I've, I've followed you guys a little bit. I think you guys are probably on like a second or third iteration even from launch, but how many iterations did it need prior to even launching? Uh, launching?
1: Uh, I would say we did probably over 300 iterations uh, in the lab and uh, on the line. So, a ton. Got it. So, a lot, a lot of R&D. Uh, let's now get right into the launch. Um,
0: if, if you haven't followed Helen a little bit, m- most recently, like on LinkedIn, she's got really great nuggets in there. Kudos to you, <laughs> Helen. I, no, just, I dig it. Totally. You know, Thank you see you. me playing out there, too. I really dig it. And um, we'll get back to that later. But I just want to say, you know, what, what you notice works, right, is just being real about it, transparency, honesty, because... That's what people want and that's what what we're trying to give them, right? Is just this is what it really is. And if you're serving sort of that why, um, then people will gravitate towards it. But anyway, side note. Uh, Back to launching your website. Uh, was it just kind of a, a player using like a Shopify type site? And you're just sort of, I think you've noted something about you were just dropping and, you know, dropping in the images and things like that. Did you just get it out and just sort of see what happens?
1: Yeah, I mean, once again, just we had no money to spend on building a nice site. So the day before we launched, actually, I spent like probably six or seven hours uh, found a drag-and-drop builder on Shopify and just built it myself. And actually, we had that site up till we did more than t- over 10 million in sales. We're still using that site. Uh, and it wasn't until actually not that long ago, like probably two or three months ago, that we actually sort of revamped our site. But, you know, you can go a really long way with not much.
0: You can go a, a, a really long way with not much. <laughs> Rewind that, folks. Um, This is an interesting episode, again, because um, I've been doing this now for, I don't know, I guess maybe four or five months. It's been amazing. Love the people I get to talk to. Every story is a little bit different. This one is unique in itself. You noted 10 million. Um, That's a lot of cereal and I guess now a lot of puffs. Um, What are you doing that is different than others. What do you think the key ingredients are? And and that could go so wide. So like maybe give me two or three that you think are a key ingredient, no pun intended, for what's working for you guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, intense product market fit, uh, that's definitely key. Um, And honestly, we have a really strong team and those are the two secret sauces. Uh, we learned everything ourselves, and we sort of just did the work. Um, we know you know how to manage people now because we learned everything ourselves, and we never outsourced in the early days.
0: That is a big comment. Um, I love that actually. Um, those two ingredients are so important. Can you talk about the first one? What does that mean? to somebody who maybe have never really heard that term the way you're describing it. Give give sort of a a bullet on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, great product market fit honestly just means you have a product that solves a problem and you are the solution. You're the right solution and people want to pay for it.
0: Uh, You heard that, folks. (laughs) What, what, What I think many founders do is they try to put you know they're trying to force it in the, in the in the hole right i mean you've heard that sort of analogy before it goes it, that goes in so, by the way that that for me i talked that could be in so many different facets of life right like just trying to force something force something but really when you talk about brands or or or, or products being offered to the consumer you you have to do what it is that you're just noting right that that's key to it and oftentimes someone may be super focused on something that's not even there, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're so enamored with the idea that, oh, this is for moms, right? Or this is for kids ages four to nine. Um, and they may be totally wrong, right? Uh, totally. And, and, and they continue to sort of force something that's not there. Would you, would you agree? Is that sort of the approach that, they, that you're taking as far as market fit?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. That's a huge part of it. Just, you know, figuring out who your customer is is so important and not forcing it. You know, you let the market decide and, you know, forcing it doesn't do anything. (laughs) I like
0: that. Um, your team, uh, yourself and what's your co-founder's name? Dylan. Dylan. What up? Shout (laughs) out, shout out. You're doing a good job. Um, you know, cause he wasn't on here. So he gets a little love too. Right. Um, love that. Could, could you uh, tell me a little bit more now about the team? What, what does that make up now? I mean, again, you guys now have a, a really big business, a decent sized business. What does it look like now?
1: Yeah, we've always been a really lean team. We, other than me and Dylan, we actually only have one other full-time employee um, who runs our supply chain and logistics. Um, and, uh, we, we, we're actually very heavily contractor based and we like keeping it that way. It just keeps things nimble and flexible for us. Uh, but yeah.
0: Uh, contractor based so that people understand that. Would you say that, uh, on the, on the, uh, art side, right? All the, all the digital ads that you guys are putting together, uh, you're using an, an agency for that.
1: So we run marketing. I, I run all marketing and um, I use various agencies and con- contractors for specific, specific roles, um, but I manage it myself.
0: Got it. Okay. And then as far as other sort of consulting pieces to the puzzle so that people can frame that, what would that look like? Is it somebody, somebody maybe even on the, on the production side? I mean, you noted somebody full-time, but like is somebody at the factory on the runs? Is somebody... Uh, maybe assisting with the R&D, you know, moving forward or the, are
1: there elements like that? Yeah, absolutely. So food scientists um, on the R&D side, uh, on obviously marketing, we already spoke about on the customer service side, we work with a lot of contractors because we've outsourced a lot of our customer service. Um, and I would say that's mostly it. Cool. Um, Let's talk about the business in August.
0: No, well, September 1st. It's September 1st, 2020. Uh, What does uh, the business look like today? And what does it look like, let's say for the remainder of the years or anything that that's going to look a bit different or do you just keep driving on the things that are working like you had, had mentioned before?
1: Yeah, this is a really big year for us because you know we went from being just me and Dylan to now trying to grow our team. So the rest of the, this year, we're really focused on hiring and creating better systems and processes that will allow us to really scale more than we have and uh, allow us to support more product launches and uh, just better planning.
0: Okay, fair. Do you see um, Schoolyard... Being in retail in in the coming maybe not months but let's say twenty twenty one is there a retail play is that in the in sort of the the story or does it just stay focused on direct to consumer and then maybe when you get there you
1: decide? Yeah, it's something we revisit constantly. Actually, um, we see a ton of room for growth online still. Um, but we definitely think, you know, retail is a huge opportunity. We never say never. So it's, uh, it's always on the radar.
0: Got it. And as far as bootstrapping, um, there, you know, in fundraising, actually I have a, a fun one because I get to, uh, Wayne Wu, who's, who's in the CPG, uh, fundraising realm, uh, investment realm, uh, uh, is on a show next, uh, which will be fun. So speaking of, of fundraising, I assume, though, when even when you started, even when it's bootstrapped, you have, to, you have to bring in a little bit of capital. And then iterations along the way, you're bringing in capital. Is it more family and friends up until even right now?
1: Yeah, so I think the difference is when you start a business online, you can start with very little capital and reinvest all the capital back. And because we were profitable, we didn't need to raise a lot of money and we didn't need to ask for a lot of money. Um, so that's sort of been our approach is not trying to borrow a lot.
0: Got it. And then do you see yourself doing a raise, uh, you know, sort of a, an institutional raise at some point. Do, do you even knowing your business now and knowing where it potentially could get, do you see that coming into play, uh, maybe to take yourselves to another level faster or is that not really discussed yet?
1: Um, It's certainly discussed. We have a lot of inbound interest. So it's, um, it's just something that, you know, we're always considering, um, depending on how much it can propel our business, because for us, the biggest problem is we constantly are sold out and, you know, it definitely helps with, um, being able to purchase more inventory. So. I understand. I definitely understand. Um, I like
0: the story, and I also like, by the way, I like this back and forth. You're quick, and I knew you would be. I just I knew it. I knew it. Um, <laughs> you, you had mentioned, I think, in a post um, that you had done a couple things prior to this that sort of set you up for this, right? I talk, I don't, you know, I talk a lot about failure, right? Like, it just, it, it's just something that propels you faster almost to where you potentially could get. And then, of course, you hope it's somewhere, you know, great, like like what you're doing right now. Um, You take all those learnings and it allows you to advance faster. Right. If you didn't have that, you probably would have the same hiccups or or some of them. What were they? You don't have to talk specifically about what the businesses were, but in, in generality, what were the businesses that you were involved with that you think helped get you where you are?
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. I can talk about them. Uh, We, after college, we, Dylan and I completely unrelated, tried to start a business where we would create a network of places where people could charge their phones. And we thought, wow, we're solving a real problem, but it was not the right solution. And it was, you know, we ran a bunch of market tests. we signed up a lot of restaurants and, you know, it just never worked. And we thought there's no way this business could ever make any money. So, you know, we quickly sort of abandoned that idea, but it made us learn, you know, this needs to be a, a business model that works. Um, so that's what we started looking at. Um, afterwards, sort of a similar lesson learned, we actually ran a, um, I will say, a, an illegal uh, meal delivery, like a low carb meal delivery service out of downtown Manhattan, out of our kitchen and um, to sort of the Wall Street area. So we were servicing all the major investment banks, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody knew; literally the two of us out of our kitchen with a chef we had hired. Um, and people loved the product, it was solving a problem, but the economics didn't make sense. And that's when we learned, you know, this business needs to be profitable. If there's no path to profitability, don't start the business. And that's when we actually you know, kind of stumbled across what we're doing now. Um, not stumble across, you know, we thought a lot about these non-starters and definitely the previous lessons learned, you know, really helped us determine, you know, what what why this was a better fit for us. That is such important information Uh, for anybody watching.
0: Helen is describing things that she had done previously. I've been through it too. You know, I've been through the failures, right? And where you're just getting punched in the face, as I like to say. Uh, and it hurts at the time. There's like an emotional piece to it. There's like, did I do it right? Did I not? Is there, should I keep going? You know, I, I talk about this, you know, that whole idea of just keep going, right? Yeah. It's right around the corner. Your success is right around the corner. That's not true, folks. It's okay to quit sometimes when you know there's nothing there. And it, it's in those moments that you are putting it down so that you can so that you can get into something that potentially could work but you got to take all those things that you learned and then put them into place with that thing that you want to start or that thing that you're going to you know be getting into so helen i i respectfully appreciate what you just described i respect what you're doing at schoolyard i mean you know, make always make sure that's right because um, I've been watching and I see it and I totally get it. Um, and you are—you're um, a real founder. And 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 shout out to your uh, co-founder as well. I appreciate you being on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Jenna. It's your
0: turn. We're talking consulting. I checked you out. What are dietitian? you a you 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 know your stuff, right? When it comes to uh, intake, I'm more of a, more of a balanced nutritional guy, right? Give us a little bit about the consulting agency. Who who it's for. Uh, and what you've been up to.
2: Yeah, Um, we connect health driven food brands with registered dietitians to promote their products and grow their brand and um, build awareness and earn that credibility from true experts.
0: Got it, and so um, how long have you been doing this for?
2: Uh, About four years.
0: And did you go to school? Is this something that you've always been into? Were you into fitness and, and then you noticed the, the diet piece to it, needed, you know, the necessity of the diet piece? How did that get started?
2: Yeah, I guess I was always interested in food and nutrition. So I um, became a dietitian in my undergrad. I did the internship, passed the RD exam. I started working in a hospital setting and then private practice and then quickly learned through starting private practice that I really enjoyed the, the business and the marketing side more so than the counseling individuals and going about nutrition that way. Um, but I'm passionate about accurate nutrition messaging when it comes to food and marketing and branding. So that's where I, I tie everything together, where I help the brands, um, become credible nutrition resources, um, rather than promoting, um, just trendy fads and false health claims. So I connect them with the true health experts to help them with that and become a trusted brand.
0: I like it. Jenna's info, Helen's info. Check them out, folks. I appreciate having both of you guys on. Be well, be healthy, be safe. Peace. Later guys. Have a good one. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Mark.